Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I do want to start it and pass on the condolences to the, uh, the Green family after tragic news uh, breaking earlier today that uh, former uh, premiership winning coach uh, with the Cowboys and NRL player Paul Green passing. So my condolences go to the, the Green family, the close friends impacted by it, and yeah, everyone across the rugby league community. Mm-hmm. Well said. Um, yeah, so we, we'll go on into our normal uh, part of the show, I guess, and we've got to a loss against the Cowboys. What was your feeling about the game? Oh, it's been a bit of sweet, wasn't it? I thought we started off really strong. Uh, it was definitely shown um, in that game, we definitely showed the improvement we've made under Michael Potter. But at the end of the day, I think the Cowboys just showed that they are a really good football team and are just too classy in the end. It is interesting, though, that we're sitting here saying this after the round one six points to four victory. <laughs> yeah. So both teams have come a long way. But uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys showed their class. Bulldogs have come a, a long way since Potter took over. And I think we definitely showed that in the first half, but we just couldn't match it with the uh, the Cowboys, who have to be short short smokies for the Premiership now, eh? Yeah, no, they, they've got the team for it. Mm. Definitely the team. And, um, you know, I think there could be them and Sharkies possibly could be a team, you know, could mm. shock a few teams when it comes to September, like, you know, the Panthers and all that. But, ah, oh, I just want to... Uh, I've, I don't know. Like, what I thought about the game is I've got a feeling like we are a horrid second-half team. And I don't know if that comes back to preseason training and stuff like that because you can't really make it up for it now. It's the season's gone. Like you can't make up for the, you know us. There. So I don't know if it's the lack of training in preseason or lack of fitness or component in preseason, or maybe we work too much on the gym and not enough on the field. But we seem to die out of games very quickly. Or I don't know if it's the bench rotation. Okay. If we're not, you know. But I just feel like every week we sit like against Newcastle. Good first half. Yeah. Could have run away from it. Against the Titans. Good first half. Could have run away from it. Um, it was meant to be, I think it was 23 degrees at Bundaberg, so it wasn't too hot. It was warm mm. for a game of footy, but it shouldn't have been too hot for the boys uh, to, you know, play in. It's, you know, it wasn't like it was a 30-degree day where you go, definitely advantage Cowboys. You're used to that kind of heat early in the season or back end of the season mm. um, where we don't have. So it wasn't like it was like that. So I just wonder if... Uh, it's a bench rotation thing or if the play because we seem to die out of second half. So we don't seem to perform too well. And that's something that I've noticed even in wins that I don't know what, what we can do about it now. So if it's too late, it's gone. But you know, if it is the preseason stuff, we can't do too much about it. We've got to score more points. But yeah, it's disappointing when you get to a good start against a good side. Uh, but it's also positive at the same time that we can yeah. mix it with them as well. Well, on the disappointing note, only eight and a half thousand showing up to see the first game at Bundaberg looked packed, um, but perhaps that venue shouldn't be hosting NRL if it can't hold at least ten thousand. In my opinion, um, we do make al- we do make allowances for regional stadiums, but I thought that was pretty disappointing. Um, and going forward, we've got the the new partnership with Toowoomba kicking in too, so. That would be interesting to see if we end up... We signed up to play trials up there, but it'd be interesting to see if we end up playing in our all games up there as well. It was um, it was a hard watch at times with that camera angle. Yeah, I found that difficult. Like, I was... 
Good, mm. Glad it wasn't me. I was going to bring it up, but then I thought, nah, you might be an idiot, Scott. <laughs> might get your eyes checked or something. Oh, um, well, I might be an idiot too, but... No, uh, I was glad I think... that someone else had the same opinion because it just felt really weird. I think we got accustomed to it after 10 or 15 minutes, but yeah, it was... I was yeah, I was watching at the start. Yeah, it was quite an odd angle, not an angle that we're used to. Um, good for the people of Bundaberg, I guess, but um, I always find when we play these regional games... Like 10,000 people showing up in Bundaberg is, is, or anywhere, I should say, is awesome. Eight and a half, it was full, but just a little bit disappointing. Um, especially when we could probably get, you know, four or 5,000 more more than that in Sydney. So to take yeah. a home game away um, and get a result like that. Uh, we did have a beautiful day in Sydney as well. So, yeah. Played yeah, that yeah. at the core or Combank. Um, or even Belmont. Yeah, even Belmont. But I was going to say, we've played that game in Belmont, so I was going to say, I'll just mm-hmm. say you're right, 13,000 would probably yeah. be that, because it was a good day. You put it, shift in Sydney, it was a beautiful day in Sydney as well. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah, I felt hard. But what about the start, eh? Yeah, Braden Burns, start. thank God he didn't clip that nail, because <laughs> that's all it touched by the looks of it, um, to get that penalty, but that's all you have to do. But that was an interesting start, like... I watched it and oh no, that's kind of the start where you, if it if that went Cowboys way, you go oh this already looks like a, a Cowboys. It's going to be a long afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but Brandon Burns was adamant that it touched and it did mm. touch. Mm. I think anyway. <laughs> it definitely touched. You see his figure belly back. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, geez, confident and stuff. And it took a while for that challenge to go through. And uh, like when the Cowboys start complaining, I was like, hey, 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 oi, oi, oi. you know, you guys can't complain about anything about challenges, boys. Like sensitive <laughs> topic. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Yeah, but it was uh, no. I just thought it was a very unique start. I don't think I've ever seen a game start like that. And just because you didn't get a full hand, can't bend the touchy though. The touchy, I know it was on the spot, but you oh, to see yeah. a finger bend, like um, that's just that's just what the it's challenge is. Put in earliest. It's got to be the earliest challenge. Um, ever, seen, yeah. surely straight from the sure. kickoff. Uh, ball didn't even hit the ground. Yeah, <laughs> technically. Uh, that's and true. by the rules, as soon as it touches his finger, it's out. So there you go. Yeah, uh, Joshua Carr starting things off with a try in the first minute. Matty Bernard following up in the 18th minute. Um, Kyle Flanagan got some reward later in the in the second half in the 51st minute, getting a try as well. But apart from that, uh, not much to write home about for the Bulldogs. I think overall, the Cowboys just look stronger. Yeah, well, we just talked about it before. Not one player cracked 100 metres. Yeah. Um, and you to win football games, you looked at the run meets. I can't remember. You probably can pull it up, the actual official run meets. But I remember looking at it, and Cowboys were 400, 500 ahead yeah. when that Fox League put it on. And I know they're live stats, and sometimes they can shuffle slightly, but it paints a picture. You know what I mean? That mm. you need a front rower to get 100 at least. Um, we didn't get a front rower. Your outside backs, your, your back three should be cranking 100 plus anyway. In most mm-hmm. games, and just no one did. No one player could get 100 meters, which is, and when you don't have a player, I don't think you even have one player getting 100 meters, you don't win games often. So, yeah, yeah, so it it is, that is disappointing. It, we'll go straight into the three, two, ones from here, and it's probably the hardest week for a while <laughs> that they have gone for the three, two, ones. Because, yeah, I feel like the, the, we'll just outplay it across the park. Like, I don't know if there's one player in our team that played better than their opposite player. So yeah, pretty fair. Think, so I mean, maybe a three point might have. 
Possibly, possibly. All right, I'll start that off. We've we've agreed with the three-pointer. It's going, for both of us, to Maddie Burden. So, strong kicking game again. 13 uh, kicks for 429 metres. He got the run game going uh, a little bit in this game. Try, try assist. um, 10 runs, only 57 metres, but we've already talked about the forward struggling to make metres, so that's a little bit understandable. Matty Burley gets the three points for both of us, yeah. which I'm might just, just lock up that Player of the Year award. <laughs> first forward not to win it, um, by the way. But those spiral, that, the particular spiral where he hit uh, uh, drink water with, Scotty Drinkwater. You mean, um, first, you mean first back to win it, not yeah. first forward not to win? That's <laughs> still right. No, it's not. First forward not so to win. That it. makes it sound like every forward that's played has won it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, just say first, it was the first person to not be a forward to win the award. There you go. There you go. Um, yep. But that kick he gave the Scott Drinkwater. Mm. Like, I don't know if it was because of the stadium or the camera angles that we were playing with, but I swear that was his biggest kick of the year. Yeah, I think it's definitely like it stood out to me as well. You just, I remember going, wow. Watching it, however, I think it's the camera angle. The camera angle is much lower to the ground, yeah, uh, than, than, than the normal venues, and um, the camera panning out and aiming up make probably makes it look bigger than what it was. Probably the smaller grandstand as well, making it the yeah. gap between the ball and the grandstand, making it look bigger than what you'd see at Combank or the mm-hmm. Core Stadium. So, but that was monstrous, and and I liked his try too. Um, I thought it was very smart to to get him into that position and put him into like almost a centre position mm. where he obviously played all last year at the Panthers at, he played uh, Origin at, um, moving him out into that centre channel and getting him the ball early so he could run onto it really suits his running game. And we haven't been able to really set up runs for him because obviously he's been part of the halves and part of setting up for other players. But I thought it was really smart to get him back out into a position of a position where he's strong to run. You listen to some of the greatest players ever, uh, like Billy Slater talk, he talks about getting players in positions of strength. So even though he's the 5'8", to get him out into that centre channel for his running game, really, really smart play. Mm, 100%. Well, well noted. <laughs> okay, two, oh, number two, or two points, I should say, we've disagreed on, uh, but we've agreed on the one point, so... I'll go first with the two points. I've gone with Paul Vaughan. Now, yeah, we have talked about the, the lack of metres made, but um, uh, overall, but he, uh, you know, going with somebody. <laughs> yeah. He um, had, um, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one there, 98 running metres, uh, 52 post contact. He had a tackle break and he had uh, 23 tackles. Yeah, fair enough. And an offload. <laughs> and an offload. So I've gone two points, and I've done it based on effort and maybe a bit of favoritism, I reckon, this week. That's allowed. And I've gone Kyle Flanagan. Um, I've got Kyle Flanagan, so sorry. I, well, he's got a try, and that try was based on effort. Like, the bomb was there, Carraz goes, and Flanagan was the, the only man pushed support. And it was actually a good sneaky step, too, he did at mm. the end. It wasn't. Mm. That easier, he caught, he got the ball thrown to him, and he just fell over. Like he still had a little bit of work to do, and yep. uh, he made sure it was done. So, really enjoyed that for him. 
Uh, he managed to get us one of those spiral kicks away too, which he was working on in the off-season. We haven't seen too much in the NRL. If you watched him earlier in the year in the uh, New Files Cup, he was doing it fairly often, but it's good to see that come out in the NRL as well. Yeah, so that was, that was crazy. You get the Burton big ones, and sometimes those ones that spiral as much are the most difficult as mm. well because um, mm-hmm. you feel like you're so confident underneath it and it moves just at the end. And you're like, uh, but also 82... 82 run meters for Kyle Flanagan, three tackle breaks, a line break, a line break assist, and a try assist. Mm-hmm. There's not too much more you can ask for a halfback to do. It was involved in a bit of everything. So that's why I've given my two points to Kyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, for one point, we've, we've agreed on the one point. We've both got Josh Jackson, 42 tackles. He's a workhorse. Um, he puts in the effort every week. And to not be knocked out from Jason Tamalalo <laughs> early on and still continue to play, kudos on that. That's right. Because I had a watching that. <laughs> Alrighty, so our top five and our runaway leader at the moment is Matt Bernard in first position on 39 points, followed by Josh Adekar on 26. That's a whopping lead, if biggest lead we've ever seen. Um, Paul Vaughan on 22 points, Jeremy Marshall King on 18, and Max King on 14. It'll be interesting to see if, as we're getting towards the award season, I guess, which is the postseason, mm. uh, I'll be interested to see if Matt Burton claims the Player of the Year award. Yeah. Be interesting. Um, what else was interesting? After we finished recording last Thursday, um, I think it was Thursday I saw this, there was reports that Josh Reynolds had signed a one-year deal to come back and play at the Bulldogs. <laughs> it's come out since then that... Uh, that is not the case. That is incorrect. And there has been some talks about him coming back and, and working with the juniors. Um, that one took me by a bit, bit of surprise. Yeah, I know. I was going to think it was almost like he was coming. Like it was, well, first of all, it was weird. And then uh, he was coming. Then he was not coming as a player, I'm talking about. as a. Mm. And uh, But I don't know. Who knows? He's, how old is Josh Reynolds? He's not too old, is he? <laughs> well, what would you feel about him coming back as a player? I wasn't overly too excited, to be honest. Um, he's always put hard in while playing for us. You can see the, the levels of passion when he was playing for the Bulldogs uh, compared to Hull FC and West Tigers are worlds apart. Um, but I just don't see him, if he was to come back as a player, I just don't see him getting a start. Yeah, that's the thing. Just to add to it, yeah. So when I saw it, I, I think my heart said yes, and I love Joshy Reynolds. And, yeah, and you don't make decisions with your heart, though. No, so, well, if we're making decisions with our if our hearts, uh, Hazard Mamazri is playing next week too. Then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no, that's probably, exactly probably that's not exactly. a good idea. <laughs> He's thirty three years old, so yeah, there'd be if he was to play a year two max. Um, yeah, I actually could see this is what I could see if he comes a part of our community team was a, or a junior pathways. That was the big thing mm. heard because he's you know very good at Josh Reynolds when it comes to the fans and he always has been so I feel like he'd be a good fit for the community team I could almost see him do a train and trial mm. and end up playing this was cup like, <laughs> we, can, we, can we see that happening like well I suppose if he, if he was to play and I don't think he will but if he was to play I would see him as a backup hooker off the bench yeah no yeah I think top grade for sure but I, for whatever reason I think if he comes and signs a deal for the Bulldogs as in works in the community team, I could almost see him doing a train and trial and end up a season playing this Wales Cup um, with the club. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if he's yeah. 
I wonder if his body could hold up to it. That's the sure it could. He had some like, troubles overseas. So. I do want to add, like, like it's the patch. I pretty went all right. The Tigers in certain stages. He just never had the consistency of actually backing like games up. Like, like he always mm. seemed to get a, a good game every time he played a good game. And he thought, here we, here's what they signed. Hamstring would go, or his shoulder would go, or something like that. So he never really got a good run at the Tigers. It will go down as um, the worst decision of his career, though. Oh, leave no, the That was, you know, looking back on it now, three years at the West Tigers, 22 games, two years at uh, Hull FC for 25 games. It was the um, beginning of the end, unfortunately, for Joshy. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I know he was getting offered a lot less the Bulldogs and mm. asked for a different role, but if he looks back now, he'd probably sign and be that yeah. bench player for the Bulldogs and just. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You're telling an athlete, you know, take a step back. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always go to, uh, you think they, they don't always go, okay. That's right. Well, an email went out today, Scotty, to members and fans showing the Bulldogs jersey. Uh, there's a new jersey design out there. It is with a, uh, it's for a non, what is it? NFT or something company. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm too old for this. For these type of things, it looks like an old. Um, I don't know. It looks like one of our old. I think it was a nines jersey. It looked almost mechanical, with the silver machinery type. Type yeah. vibes. Uh, it reminds me of that. Um, I think we're wearing it in round twenty-five. Uh, I don't know what's special about it, but anyway, <laughs> it's yeah, there. Was... Have a look at the website. <laughs> No, yeah, I saw it. I googled NFT because mm. I think I might be the same boat as you. I think that's yeah. sold me as well. Uh, too old for that, whatever that is. But I, yeah, I saw the jersey and I agree. It looks like a nines type of jersey. One thing I want to say, which I really, really hate, and I really, 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 really hate, is when we do these special jerseys in our last. I know it's we've only got one home game left. Yeah. But do we have to wear it in our last round? Like we're all the Star Wars jersey fans, right? I'm not saying we have any <laughs> mega person retiring the club, but yeah. I would have thought, you know, playing your last game, it's always a special jersey, your first jersey at the club and your last jersey yeah. at the club. Uh, people like Jerry Marshall King, I'm not suggesting that, you know, he deserves the farewell of Andrew Ryan and Hazelon Majory and stuff like that. But wouldn't it be nice if he just wore a normal... Yeah, it does. It makes it does make it look cheap too. So, anyway... I don't like jerseys, jerseys that are. I don't like jerseys that are purely for sponsors. Kind of like the manly uh, points bet all stars jersey that we saw earlier this year. Stay disrespecting Anzac Roundman. Yeah, no, but and yeah, but anyway, but with the jerseys, let's talk about jerseys because it's now reminded me. Why are we wearing our weight jersey at home? Yeah, I'll, I thought that initially too against the Cowboys. Um, however, I thought um, perhaps it was to stop the clash. But we've done it so, against the Titans as well. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys wore navy up top and white down bottom. So if we wore white with a blue V, and I know we get first crack because we're the home team, um, white with a blue V, that would have been really clashy. Uh, so I don't know, maybe the NRL's, someone in the NRL has thought that um, regardless of whether the Cowboys wear the home or away jersey, it will clash with the Bulldogs' home. Yeah, I know, but I don't care. We should be able to wear our home. <laughs> yeah. I like our wages, yeah, I really do, but mm. it just rubs you the wrong way. I don't know why. I kind of, I kind of didn't mind it. 
too much because it was like the home it was a home game away from home, so not too bad. Okay, fair enough. I'm just especially when we got a home game in round twenty five. <laughs> the sponsors jersey. Anyway, moving on. Apart from that, there hasn't been uh, too much news. No. Um, well, we got the we got the Warriors tomorrow night. Yep. At uh, Mount Smart. Good to say. It's been a while since we can say that. Got the Warriors at Mount yeah. Smart. So just hopefully, big crowd at eight o'clock local kickoff time, which means it's six p.m. for us. So um, mm-hmm. six p.m. for those who live in the east coast of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be good. Uh, so it should be a decent crowd because you know it's Friday yeah. night footy under the lights. Tavita uh, Penga Jr. hasn't made the trip. He's expecting to have a, him and his wife are expecting to have a, a child, mm. so he didn't he didn't take the trip across to New Zealand. Um, so it could be a bit of a big blow. Uh, is it a big blow for us? I feel like it depends almost what mood he's in, Tavita. True, true. I think it's going to be a hard trip, though. It's been a while since the clubs had to do the trip, the international trip to play a game. The Warriors are obviously going to be up. They've only got, I think it was five games this year at home. Um, I think it's it makes a game that we probably should win into a game that we probably will lose, is my gut feel about the, about the upcoming game. Yeah, I, my biggest concern is not the, the trip. Mm. It's the fact that we played Sunday in Bundaberg. Yeah. And we went straight to New Zealand. And not mm. saying that's not the right thing to do. And people, and we think that it's like NRL scheduling, NRL scheduling. Well, we could have played the game in Sydney. Yeah. And we could have stayed in Sydney until like Wednesday and flown over. Like, there's no point going back to Sydney after. Yeah. Queensland, because you just you just wasted two days in travelling. That's why they've gone straight to New Zealand mm. just to keep the one day. But if we played in Sydney, we could have actually stayed Monday, Tuesday, mm. and gone over Wednesday or something, or even Thursday morning, gone over to New Zealand. Yeah. Um. So we've taken the home game away, so we've got to take responsibility on the scheduling ourselves as a little bit as well. We can't just say yeah. bloody NRL. We've got to play in Queensland here. So not we had we didn't have the away game in Queensland. It's not like we had to be in Townsville. We're not, the, New Zealand. Fir- we're not the first team to. Have to play Sunday and Friday, generally speaking. Anyway, it's yeah, that's another the, thing. It's part of the competition, and if you're using that as an excuse, then the, I'm sure no one inside the club's using that as an excuse. But if you are using, if anyone is using that as an excuse, you're probably not in a successful organisation. So that's fair, but that's what worries yeah, me. Like, that's what worries me the most is just them not being home. Yeah. Just the the Queensland thing, but we did that to ourselves. It's not yeah. the NRL doing it to we, us. So. There's no guarantee that the Warriors were going to get home this year. At one point. When the, no, when the draw true. was made as well. So, you know, Bulldogs may have been looking at it going, we'll have two weeks in Queensland, Bundaberg, and then up to the up to Redcliffe. Um, maybe that was part of the thinking. Who knows? But, yeah. That's a fair point. It's not an excuse. Just um, get on with it. Anyway, the team lineup, you've already mentioned Tavita Pengai. Junior's not there, um, but it does look this way. Avarillo would get at fullback. Carraz at a car. The wing, shop and burn centres. Burn and Flanagan halves. Forwards are King, Marshall King, Vaughan, Jackson Torpenny, who's been really, really good, uh, and Raymond Fatale, Mariner at lock. Bench is Zach Docker Clay, Joe Stimson, Harrison Edwards, and Chris Patolo. Uh, the reserves have been cut down to, because we're recording on a Thursday, they've been cut down to just Curtis Moran and Declan Casey. Yeah, um, I'm going to say, I think we win it. I, I think we win. I think we'll get a two. I think it's going to be one of those classic games like against Newcastle or something. We need to be at leading at half time for me to feel comfortable. 
Well, mm-hmm. about 20. Um, if it looks not super comfortable, not saying the Warriors can't chase that down, especially in front of a home crowd. Um, but we can't go into halftime. If we're leading by six or 12 points at halftime, I am feeling very, very nervous in our recent history of the second half's performances. We don't seem to score too many in the second half. So hopefully we can have a big first half. Um, hopefully close the game away, you know, relatively early is my thing. But I can see the Warriors chasing us down if we don't get a big yeah. enough lead. Yeah. Uh, I'm leading towards the Warriors, as I said earlier before. Uh, but obviously cheering on the Bulldogs and hoping for the best. Alrighty, now it's that time of night, Scotty, that we speak about Old Dog. And I am going to go ahead and guess who this week's Old Dog is. Well, go ahead. And, if, <laughs> and I'm going to say it's Steve. If, I don't know if we've already done him before, but let's go again. Steve Price. I'm sure we have done him season, like, season one, but let's do him <laughs> again, eh? Let's do him again. Like he's uh, legendary, but this goes against our uh, my rule this year, which I've done very very hard all year. Yeah. I know I know there's been a few episodes where we haven't. Uh... Well, 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 am I wrong? <laughs> well, no, well, I don't know who to pick. I was I had a few tossed up, so you've yeah. gone Steve Price. Why don't we go Steve Price? I think well, he's else? a club legend. Who else did well, I was, I was kind of like toss up Nigel Vungan, but I swear I've used him as well because you know he's played a few years the Warriors and started in New Zealand and you know yeah. New Zealand great, Jamal Alisi told him like he was a god. So I tossed up a few. I never really finalized anyone. But let's go Steve Price. All righty, Steve Price. What a legend. He was 16 games for Australia, 28 games for Queensland, uh, 222 games for the Bulldogs, and 91 games for the Warriors. 313 um, NRL games. Sorry, that's crazy for a prop. Absolutely. Possibly part of one of the greatest Australian teams of all time, including Lockyer and Wokier and, and that era of players, and receiver, that sort of thing, is uh, just as loved in New Zealand as he is in Australia to the extent that he's got an order, or he's got the New Zealand order of merit. That's crazy. <laughs> Give it to me. That's crazy for an Australian. <laughs> um, and he's just an overall legend and obviously um, played in grand finals. Obviously, the famous story of missing the 2004 Grand Final as a captain, which was heartbreaking, um, before he went away to the Warriors for family reasons. Can we um, just put this down? Remember how we, we speak about like, a lot of old dogs, we, we would speak about old dogs, you know, who played in the 80s and stuff. Mm. And it wasn't about measuring games, it was measuring career lengths, because, you know, obviously, mm. a bit of a different, different world. 94 to 2009. Yeah. That's a long time. Um, just, which we already know he played 313 games in NRL. Mm-hmm. Right? Look at his origin career too. Tell me how many people have played in 98 to 2009, then also in Australia from 98 to 2009. Yeah. 16 test matches, 28 origin matches. How many people could play origin? How many, what's that? 98 to 2009? That's 10 seasons. Is that right? 10 seasons? Counting 98 as one? 98? I don't know. Uh, 12 seasons. Is it 12? There you go. Stretch yeah. it even further. But that's crazy. And then you look at the era, even the back end of his era, he was the start of the Queensland Destiny, the, the eight in a row, the 2006 onwards. Mm-hmm. So he's retired. So he started the six, seven, eight, nine. So he's four out of the eight, like the eight in a row. He started the first half of it. He was in the team in the first half. And it kind of gets forgetting. I mean, everyone goes back to that Darren Lockyer intercept moment. 
Mm-hmm. Those times, but like that's insane. He's got there and has never left. For Queensland, so yeah, yeah. It's, no, but I'm just saying that's insane. Like, how many people people have gone there and they only get like two years at that level or three years at that level before someone's on their shoulder and tapping him? He was just in there and never leaving, never giving up his spot. That shows like the uh, why he's pro- like he's loved, but uh, probably the hard work that he's put in. You know, I don't know. It's just. It's so underrated. No one ever talks about it. How do you play for that long in origin? And for your country? Yeah. Football. It's crazy. Sorry. I'm just... Uh, 100%. He's a legend wherever he went. He's even invited to join the... Uh, he didn't play, but he's invited to join the All Gold 2007 tour that was celebrating I think it's the centenary of, um, of New Zealand tours, obviously, that first one, including the invitational spot for Daily Messenger. Um so that just goes to show how high of esteem that he was held in throughout his career. Everywhere he went, he's known as a legend. Everywhere he went, he's known as a legend. Bulldogs legend, a Warriors legend, a Queensland, a Queensland legend, and an Australian legend. Now, I'll tell you what, the Warriors, he turned into a bit of a try scorer, didn't he? Bulldogs, 222 games for 22 tries. At the Warriors, 91 games for 13 tries. Which Almost chased down that Bulldogs total down. What about those charge downs, eh? Yeah, I've never yeah. seen so many take a copper to the head as well. He copped to the head a few times off a kick when he went for a charge down, and then picked the ball up. And how many times did he run thirty meters or so, or get a good charge down? Like I, you don't see that often these days. Like a prop putting yeah. pressure on the kicker, poof, charge he down. Was, and then he's always up. putting pressure on the kicker, but he's putting pressure on the ball. Mm. If that makes sense, his target was the ball, and um, yeah, he came off came up with a charge down probably more often than not. Um, and turn games that way as well. I can remember plenty of those. He's a tough guy, uh, whether it's charging down kicks or running into the teeth of those defences back then. And I do remember for the first couple of years at the Warriors, every time the Warriors played the Bulldogs, it felt like he pulled out. <laughs> yeah, it's like he didn't want to play. But what about... He um, went almost three years without playing against the Bulldogs. What about um, his captaincy, though? Another underrated mm. aspect. Because I'm going to say to say, uh, it could go down as one of the best uh, Bulldogs captains in history yeah let's say the way you approach the referee i think he he got the right mix uh steve price um he you know he had the respect for the referees and understand when when you get under the pump on the footy field um yeah. you quickly lose your cool and then you lost the battle for the referees straight away when you haven't got the referee mm-hmm. but he would have the respect to the referee to listen to what what the referee would have to say yeah. but then also had the authority but also in a respectful manner to deliver his message or the Bulldogs message. And it's someone um, very, very, you know, I think Cameron Smith is probably one other person who could, who's done that. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was appreciated as much until he lost it. And Andrew Ryan was a pretty good captain as well. Nothing against Andrew Ryan, but I think when he came in, um, you could, as a Bulldog said, you could feel the difference of um, having a, a coach, oh, sorry, a captain that could get his message across in that respectful manner and have that help your team uh, compared to somebody who was a bit le- like a lot less experienced, just saying sort of, yep, 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 no worries. Mm, no, yeah, 100%. And then, then you look at someone like Michael Lennox, who was after injury, mm. who well, sometimes was- lost the. Lost the battle by being too much, yeah, too aggressive. 
We were too uh, far the other way. Yeah. yeah, too far the other way. So it is a balance. And um, like you said, I think Michael Lewis was also a great captain. The way he, he rallied the troops and the boys and uh, put mm-hmm. it on behind them. And you could tell when Michael Lewis was getting, uh, I think there was a game where maybe it was Parramatta off the top of my head. I know we're still about Steve Price, but uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a blue that comes across. And how many players stop to get, to help Michael Lewis? It might have been the extra knife on high marsh moment when Nathan went out Michael. They've got binned for it. Uh, and you see players <laughs> like Staggy and all that, they just run across and straight away to the fence of the captain. Like they were yeah. making sure that he wasn't getting hurt. So he definitely respected and was a great captain as well, Michael Ernst, as well as, like you said, Andrew Ryan. But Steve Price just had the balance. Like he just knew the perfect middle ground to get the best out of both worlds mm-hmm. and implement it. So, and I think, you know, the only person you can, you can, can be compared to him or, you know, or is Cameron Smith, the way the captain. 100%. In, in the wider public, you won't get the credit for it, but um, I'm sure most Bulldogs fans, and fans can see that. And Warriors fans as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> all right, that's probably a good point to leave it, Scotty. Um, thank you again for joining me this week. Oh, thanks. I like that side <laughs> off. <laughs> no, it's always a pleasure. It's always fun doing these shows. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, uh, and... Bulldogs playing tomorrow night, so quick turnaround if you are listening to this before the game. <laughs> Just like the players. Uh, but hopefully, um, hopefully we get away with the win.